Welcome back for another episode of the Nobody Talks Shidduchim podcast. I'm your host, Nobody, and today I'll be talking Shidduchim. Thank you, thank you very much. I am here all week. In reality, though, I am your guest host, Yona, and I'm here with my trusty co-host, my better half, the one and only Chani. Hi. Hello. All right, settle down, settle down. So... Today, we are going to be discussing the compatibility check. How do you know if the person you're dating is truly compatible? Or, conversely, how do you ascertain that they are definitely not compatible? And we're going to discuss things like how different is too different, personality tests, are they a good barometer or a load of bogus, the great compromise, and much more. And we're going to be bringing on some special guests to share their own thoughts, opinions, disagreements, and stories. Let's jump right into it. So the first question is, how different is too different? What do you think, Khani? How what, what constitutes a difference that's just an unbridgeable gap between a couple? Well, even if you're pulling apart different, I guess, categories of differences, there are some differences that are relevant to your upbringing, your past, what you've gone through, and then there are differences that are more relevant to what you're like now and what your beliefs are now. So I guess if we start with the first category, upbringing and past, you know, different people grew up with different households, different rules, different schools, um, you know, different priorities. And even someone who's maybe even consciously decided to change some of that, it's still definitely a part of you and it will definitely come out. So it could, I could very much see it being a struggle for someone to find a comfort level with another person who's just had such a drastically different upbringing than they Yes, yes, for sure. And I can even bring a specific example of this. Do it. <laughs> this is, in, in this example, the people have not uh, changed, changed much from how they were brought up. So it's like a real compatibility question here. Uh-huh. So household furniture. Couches. Oh. Couches in particular, Yona. This sounds uh vaguely familiar. Vaguely, vaguely, and another lifetime in a land far away. So maybe your familiarity will allow you to recall that there are some people in this world, some households, like one with which I may or may not be familiar. <clears throat> that uh, that have the belief that couches are meant for sitting. <gasps> couches Blast are not me. meant for lounging or lying down. Hair oh, and no. feet oh, no. don't go on the couch. Oof. Clean what is going clothes on, here? on the couch. Um, and you know, just 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 to make this more interesting and kind of like a debate. Um, maybe maybe you can guess what the other uh, trending perspective is out there on couches. Well. If I had to take an educated guess, um, I would probably say that some people in this world, just a, you know, a select few people maybe, um, you know, minority, maybe plurality, maybe majority of people, um, some people in this world believe that a couch is, well, let me set the scenario for you. It's been a long day at work and you're exhausted. You walk into the house. And immediately plop down on that couch 
lie down flat across it and just bask in its coziness with every part of your body just embracing this beautiful cushy couch. Thank you for bringing that perspective in. So so I guess now the question would be, what do we do, Yona? Compatible or not? Well, that's exactly where compromise comes in because everyone knows that when you get married, there's going to be compromise. We've all heard it. What does it mean? What do you compromise on? Well, a lot of it is that sort of stuff. All the sort of outwardly stupid arguments that people might have, you want to try to divert those arguments from the very beginning. This is not a compatibility issue. Every single person has their own set of circumstances in which they grew up and their own set of values. And they're going to clash sometimes. And that does not mean that you're not compatible. It would just depend on how they handle it. Um, you know, you could have a situation where person A and person B are at each other's throats, or you could have person A and person B laugh about that difference and think, okay, fine. So let's think of some sort of a compromise. Maybe I'll get you a big comfy chair. Such an idea has been floated, um, between person A and person B in this theoretical example. Yes, this is completely hypothetical because you know, there are many people belonging to either school. Yes, yes. But, you know, this is something that you can work around. It's, it's not hard and it's not at all an indication of a lack of compatibility, not even slightly. If you find that someone is expressing some different views, what you then need to do is assess how much those views are A, set in stone and unable to be compromised on, and B, how much that matters to you. What are you willing to forego in the pursuit of a happy relationship? There are going to be things that you have to compromise on, and that's okay, and that's normal. And if there's nothing that you compromise on, then maybe you're being an abusive spouse. I don't know, because <laughs> there's got to be something that you differ on, even if it's small, minor things. So in, in summary, I think not an issue at all, not a compatibility problem, just a normal relationship thing to work through. Okay, we have a special caller on the line, Micah Freeland. Micah is a shadchan. He's got a bit of an unconventional approach to assessing compatibility between singles and then matching them up. Micah, how are you doing? I'm doing well, thank God. How are you? Good, doing well. So good to have you here. Micah, it is good to hear from you. Um, I can tell our audience that I personally worked with you as a single, um, and I definitely found your approach to be so unique and, and rigorous in a good way. It was, it was so in-depth, and you really got to the core of who I was. Why don't you tell us a bit about, tell our audience a bit about how you determine a p- potential match and specifically talk about the role of personality tests and astrological signs in your process. Yeah, for sure. Um, so personally, I find that while people have a decent understanding of who they are, one of the best things I try to do in setting them up is myself giving them a bunch of personality quizzes for them to learn more about who they are. And it also gives me a little bit of a glimpse of who they are. I, don't, I never hold any one personality test like you know tells the whole story behind someone. We are far too complex to you know f- fulfill just like what our Enneagram or our horoscope or our Meyer-Briggs says who we are. Um, but it does provide color and context to where people generally might not be able to fill it in with language. Um, so I started off doing Shadokham. I was, you know, been coaching people in dating for a long time. And I, one of the first things I found out was people had no idea what they're looking for. And more importantly, they didn't know how to describe it. So 
well, you can ask them a bunch of questions, and my interview tends to do that by asking them deeper questions than they're generally prepared for. Um, I give anybody from the mindset test to Helen Fisher's personality test. You know, people are always wondering if birds of each other flock together or opposites attract, and the answer is both. It just depends what type of person you are, and then we can figure out, well, what are you going to be looking for? Are you going to be looking for that person who's similar to you or someone who's very different? Absolutely. Um, yeah. I, I, I always think, find that people, you know, people tend to have one mahalach they, or the other. They say opposites attract or you need someone similar to you, and I, I think you're right. It really depends. Well, Helen Fisher, she did a study on tens of millions of people, so she's the mumcha on the, on the subject, and she really found that there are four types of people in her, in her research, and half of them are attracted to, the, to what who they are themselves and the other half aren't. But I find, you know, when, I, when you speak with singles who are, you know, 21, 22, and they're like, they think they know exactly what they're looking for. And then you speak to people who are 26, 27, and they're like, well, what I was looking for in the beginning is not what I'm looking for now. And then you speak with people who are 31, and they're like, you know, had I, had I known what I know now back then? And I think a huge part of the process, people are, like, are rushing, you know, to, like, to get married without taking that step back and saying, like, who am I really? And then trying to figure out, and, and, and these personality quizzes and so forth help that. I'll give an example. I have a guy that I work with who's amazing, and he's not so emotional, and he's dating a girl who is like pure emotion. She loves quality time, and you know, that's her love language. And could it work? Maybe. You know, I wouldn't mix it, but it's just going to be a bigger hurdle for him to overcome. He's not going to be emotional for her. The, the love language that she speaks is going to be the hardest one for him to work on. Um, right. And if he had a better understanding of who he was, he would know that himself without having to be coached to get there. And I think as people are dating and learning more about themselves, whether it's personality quizzes or so forth, or just speaking with a coach and trying to understand what their strengths are and what they need to best fulfill what they want to accomplish in their marriage, I find it to be very helpful. That's awesome. Okay, well, Michael, thank you so much. As I mentioned, I have personally worked with you. I found your process to be amazing, and I found your event that I went to to be literally the most on-target event that I have been to. It was fun. The The fit made perfect sense. Where could people find you? How can people get in touch with you? Okay, first off, I'm very flattered. My phone number is 310-948-2255. I live on WhatsApp. I rarely check my text messages. If I could be of help for anybody, I would, I would love to. Wow. Thank you so much, Michael. We really appreciate your joining us today. Thank you so much, too. So it sounds like, you know, when when we're talking compatibility and differences, it's not so much the specific nature of the difference itself. It's really specific to the personality and preferences of the two individuals involved and how capable they are of, you know, coming to a compromise, like looking at it from the perspective of... You know, if you and me becomes we, then can this still work? Can we be adult about this? Do you think there are any situations where it's just it's just too difficult to come to a compromise? Of course. There are going to be gaps that are unable to be bridged. But you have to be careful not to be looking for someone who mirrors exactly your lifestyle. Um, you have to recognize that there's a certain level of acceptability where they have differences that are okay. And sometimes people will be called picky. 
and they'll get upset about that. And sometimes they're warranted in getting upset about that because a lot of times people just throw out these words to singles who are older and unfortunately not married yet and they have no idea what's going on in your head and what your values are and, and it's not fair. Sometimes you need to assess, am I really being picky? Because there is such a thing as being too picky and being too picky I think is being unwilling to yield on anything, unwilling to recognize that a different person is being brought into your life now and you're going to have to mold your life around them. And they're going to do the same for you. And together you're going to create a new lifestyle. It's not going to be the same as your household. It's not going to be the same as the other person's household. It's going to be a combination of the two and maybe something brand new, excluding both of your experiences, things that you didn't like that you're going to sort of chart new paths together. And you need to be open-minded and, and willing to see that. Um, but there are certainly things, you know, if someone is a huge spender and you are very frugal with your money, and that is something that is going to not just bother you, but it's going to make you absolutely crazy, then you need to assess whether or not it's worth it to, uh, you know, to continue this relationship. That could be a huge issue. Child rearing. I mean, if you have different hashkafic values for your children, different uh, parenting techniques, and they differ to such a degree that you're going to be at each other's throats, that's grounds for ending it. So, Yona, you mentioned, um, you know, people, singles being accused of being too picky. And Anyone who's ever experienced that, my heart goes out to you. It's horrible. It, it's it's not a very humanizing experience. Um, how do we respond to those people? How do you how do you convey you know that this is something important to you that you're not willing to compromise on? And let's say it's even you know a concerning behavior. It's not just a matter of differences and preferences. You noticed something concerning that's making you genuinely uncomfortable with that person. How do you convey that to, um, let, let's say, a shadchan who's being particularly pushy? Well, you always have to be careful about how things are phrased. First of all, you are dealing with another person who is in Shadokim and trying to get married, and you are coming from a biased perspective to some degree, and, um, you know, be, be as respectful as possible when giving it over. However, sometimes there are things that do need to be said. There are varying degrees of concern. Sometimes it's a matter of, um, you know, you've picked up on some character flaws that are just sort of rough around the edges that this person might benefit from finding out. You know, the, you, you, you want to you sort of help them out. That's a nice thing to do, but that's definitely an example of a time when you would want to go to a third party, you'd want to, first of all, you'd want to go to a third party to discuss how to say it over. Um, you'd want to speak to a Rebbe, a teacher, a mentor of some sort, a dating coach, someone who could who could help you convey it over to the other third party, which would be the Shadchan. Because um, the Shadchan is the relay between the two of you, and the Shadchan is the one who can help this person. Um, you want to be able to... Um, to convey it over properly without defaming them and making them look bad. Now, there are cases where the person needs to be made to look bad. Um, this is, again, you still need to consult with someone. You need to, you can't make this decision on your own. You need to discuss it with someone who has um, a halachic background, who has a head on their shoulders and can really assess the best way to do it. Someone who is good with understanding other people as well. But 
there are times where someone is completely inappropriate and and sometimes i mean i've heard stories that are that are scary the people had behavior that was that was not just a character flaw or a quirk or something that they maybe needed some brushing up on there are times when people are just they do bad things and they do they do scary things and things that are concerning and that this person needs to be needs to be kept away from other people at the very least until they can sort out this uh this character trait and then you have a responsibility to to tell it over to the shadchan um but you also again still have the responsibility to discuss it with another mentor 100% and you know even even if we're not getting into cases of truly problematic behavior um what I think is more common than that, I think, I hope, I hope people have not encountered truly problematic behavior on very many dates. But what's even more common is, again, back to that good old compatibility check. You know, are you asking yourself the questions that you, that you need to be asking, that you want to be asking, getting a second opinion on something that you're just not sure how much it, it's going to bother you, how much it should bother you. You know, sometimes a mentor who knows you well can point out something to you that you know is important. You just, you haven't really had the headspace to think about it while you're dating someone. And especially when you're, when you're dating and you're in that situation where you might be attracted to the person and you might, um, you might really like certain things about them and your, your vision is going to get clouded by that. So an outside view from someone that you trust can be extremely helpful. I think that's a very common thing where people sometimes forget about certain items on their priority list. All it takes is that phone call to someone you know, and they'll ask you, you know, do you find him or her to be this kind of person? Because I know that matters to you. And you think, oh my goodness, that that is a thing that I care about. Wow, I'm so glad we had this conversation. So mentors, dating coaches, rabbis, we love them. Definitely a fan of having them in your dating life. Hey, this is Yona from the Nobody Talks Shaduchim podcast. Did you like our new jingle? Well, thank you. I wrote and sang it, but my vision would never have been realized without my talented buddy, Hillel Kapnick. At Uptop Recording Studios in Muncie, Hillel takes your musical dreams and transforms them into reality. I can personally attest to his talent and general awesomeness. Hillel is available for song production, musical arrangements, vocal recording, mixing, mastering, and more. He's also a DJ and a one-man band, so no matter what your musical needs are, Hillel is your man. For more information, check out his website at hillelcaps.com. That's H-I-L-L-E-L-K-A-P-S dot com. And follow him on Facebook and Instagram. Hey listeners, it's IJ from the Nobody Talks Shaduchim Podcast. I wanted to take a moment to tell you about Greenpoint Podcast Studio. It's where we record. We record there every single episode. It is a beautiful, newly renovated, brand new, right in the heart of Greenpoint in Brooklyn. And it's basically a little bit close to Williamsburg, just a few minutes from Flatbush, Borough Park. If you're in Queens, it's close to there. And hey, if you're in the five towns or New York City, it's just a quick 25 to 35 minute drive away. So you can follow them or get in touch with them by going to to greenpointpodcaststudio.com to book your next podcast session. So what about friends and family? Good question. How do you talk about these things with family? How do you share concerns? What if, you know, what if you meet their friends and family and you're not cool with them? Or what if you find out that your friends and family or their friends and family are are not thinking good thoughts about this potential shidduch? What if a friend actually tells you, oh, I know that person. 
I, I really don't think that's a very good idea. Wow, so that's a lot to unpack there. So regarding discussing with your friends and family, you have to be very wary about that. You need to know if this is a person who, um, who you can A, trust with this information and B, trust to give you accurate feedback um, and feedback that you would agree with. So if you have a close friend who shares a similar perspective to you on life and who is not the type of person to be jealous or petty or, um, you know, or make quick judgments, then discussing with a friend can be extremely helpful. So if you can trust this friend, I think friends can be very important. Family is more complicated. Families coming from a very biased standpoint, especially parents, um, again, not saying you shouldn't discuss with parents. If you have the kind of relationship where you can discuss it with your parents and, and, and they can be, you know, actually be helpful and give you serious feedback that's, that's important, um, then go for it. But you need to, at the end of the day, be willing to think things over for yourself and not let other people dictate to you. Um, it's helpful to hear other perspectives sometimes, but you, you have to be wary of, A, the people who might not have the best of intentions, but even more so the people who just might have a different view or be misguided and be looking at things the wrong way. You know, it's something to think about. I'm not saying, again, I'm not saying don't discuss it with your family. I'm not saying don't discuss it with your friends. Not at all. Um, it's very important sometimes too. But just know your customers. Yeah, I think that specifically with regard to friends, even family, really anyone who would come forward and and tell you that they, you know, straight out they don't think this is a good idea. Um, I know for myself when I was dating, the if if they gave as a reason, I don't feel it. I don't think you're a good personality match. For me, that's not a good reason because they're not they're not the ones on the dates. Very surprising matches have come about that really really shocked a lot of the people who were mutual acquaintances of both the guy and the girl. And you know, God is really really smart that way and yep. he he puts people together who humans would not have thought to put together. Um and then when it comes to liking their family, liking their fa- their friends, family and friends liking them and you. Um, my opinion on that is going to sound a little bit black and white, and maybe it is, but it also requires a huge measure of being honest with yourself, and that's where the gray part comes in that everyone gets to color on their own. <clears throat> what I mean by that is I believe so, so strongly that every single person deserves to be proud to introduce whoever they choose to their family and friends and deserves to have someone who will be equally as proud to do the same for them when they meet that person's family and friends. And if you feel like, you know, the person who you've chosen is somehow different than what people were expecting you to go for, or, you know, people in your life will just disapprove for some reason, if that is going to bother you to the point that you will be even the slightest bit embarrassed, that's not called compatibility. If you can genuinely say, I don't care, this is the person for me, and I don't care what people think, that's beautiful. And I, I would say I have faith in the, in the ability of such a couple to make it work, not even make it work, it, it, it should work. But I really think that you have to be so careful before you know, making that decision to bring someone into your life who you're going to feel disapproval about who who you feel like your family is going to be disapproving of 
if you think that that's going to bother you because it's not fair to the other person. Yeah, I completely agree with that. It's funny because I would have put the emphasis the other way. Um, I would have said, um, you know, there are times when uh, when you may feel embarrassed of another person because your family won't approve or their family won't approve of you or whatever. And that's a perfectly, um, you know, that, that, that's, that's a good reason to, to end it right there because, you know, you need, to, you need to feel proud of each other. But on the other hand, I would absolutely say that if, if, you're, if you're a person who doesn't care and who can, and who can proceed with a shidduch without caring what other people think, and even if your family hates the person, you can make it work and you're willing to, to you know, go as far as possible to make sure that your relationship with your spouse is good, then I would say go for it. So essentially we have the exact same opinion. I just would have flipped it. I would have flipped the emphasis the other way because I think it's so important for people to to make that assessment and to say, if this is not a thing that bothers me and it only bothers my family, then too bad on my family. If it's a thing that, that, that you're willing, if you, if you care about this person and you truly believe that this should work, and the only thing that's holding you back is that your family is saying, we're going to disown you or, or we don't like her or whatever it is. Um, if you're willing to say, okay, disown me, or, you know, um, you don't have to like her, but you better treat her with respect. Um, otherwise, I'm disowning you, <laughs> you know? If you're willing to, to go that route and it's something that you, that you are passionate about and it's not going to – obviously, it will bother you, but it's not going to make you resentful of your spouse. It's going to make you, if anything, resentful of them, not your spouse. Um, then, then I think it's important to go forward. I think that your family cannot dictate who you who you marry it has to come from you so if you're the one who's 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 feeling who's feeling off about it because because you want your family to approve that's a problem but if you're not feeling off you're just worried about what your family's going to do well then it might be time to have a talk with your family yeah yeah i hear how you're you know emphasizing it in the reverse i think are both i think both are equally important yes i i i personally choose to emphasize the part of you know do yourself a favor and don't get yourself into a situation like that because I feel like singles tend to get a lot of flack for, you know, being selfish, only thinking about themselves, not really thinking about the future. And I think people who do make that judgment call and say, I am not going to be happy with my life if I am embarrassed of that person are correct in doing so and should not be made to feel selfish or doing the wrong thing. Obviously, you know, if you got to break up, do it respectfully. Um, you know, because at the end of the day, you're saving this person a lot of disrespect in the long run. But I think people need to need to hear more of that freedom to to choose and to make that judgment call and not be pressured into it by other people. One hundred percent. What do you think about expressing disagreement with the person you're dating? At what point? Like, well, well, you know, I'm 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 going to sort of throw this one to you. What do you What do you think about um, you know, when do you think it's it's uh, it's an appropriate time, a good time to uh, to tell the person that you're that you're dating that you disagree with them on something? And is there an appropriate time? Is it something that should be, just be done right off the bat? Yeah, yeah. If you're on a date, presumably you're an adult. Um, you obviously don't come across as too confrontational. Be respectful, but. For the person on the receiving end of that disagreement, be a little thick-skinned about it. Recognize that you're not, whether you marry this person or not, 
you're not going to agree with the person you marry on everything. And, you know, the fact that that's coming up on a date is, I think, amazing. Great. Talk about it. See if you could, see if you could, you know, make this whatever area you disagree on work. See if you even know how to disagree with each other. I think that's great. I don't think it's ever too early. And um, I think it's a very important skill for people on the dating scene to know how to disagree and how to be the recipient of someone else's disagreement. 100% could not have said it better myself. I, I completely agree with that. I think that it's, um, it's your responsibility to disagree with the other person. Wouldn't if you, it have been funny it. if you had disagreed with me on that? <laughs> right? Okay, so we actually have two very special guests with us now. This is a very close friend of mine. For years, who my mom and I actually had the privilege of making the shidduch between him and my cousin, Esti. So, guys, welcome Daniel and Esti to the show. Um, I wanted to ask you guys, because you guys have an interesting situation. This is why I wanted to bring you on. You guys only dated for a total of, what was it, 10 days? 10, 11 days. What was that like? The topic is compatibility. So, how did you know? What was it like knowing after 10 or 11 days that you were ready to get married and what you know? What, what's your what's your what are your thoughts on compatibility? What do you feel about like what makes someone compatible? Um, so I mean, coming into shidduchim before I started shidduchim, I kind of knew exactly what I what I was expecting and when I needed to, um, <clears throat> when I would know that you know she was the, she was the one. Um, I'm a firm believer that it's it's not about you know waiting till you feel something it's about when when you're comfortable and when you see that I can grow with this person because that's what marriage is marriage is a growing process and it's it's going to be you know you're going to be going through going through struggles and you know trials with this person that's what you're looking for you're looking for you that's that's all you need to know that's kind of what i believe in that i need to know can i go through difficulties with this person will i be comfortable will i be will i enjoy that will i enjoy do I enjoy her, her, you know, time together? Do I enjoy talking to her? Which technically can, you know, can be figured out in a couple of dates. And you know, there obviously the the dating, the dating. There's like certain shidduchim rules that right, we all yeah. we all know we all we all know about. Um, you know, so for the first two dates are just like you know just like sh- hanging around schmoozing. But at, at, after the first two dates, I mean, I was like I was sure I'm like this is a girl I could spend time with. This is a girl that I, that I'm you know I'm comfortable talking, comfortable speaking my mind with. And, and I enjoy her time. And here we are three kids later. So it sounds like you were pretty comfortable after the first two dates after that. So on like date number three, were you comfortable at that point just like jumping into real tachlis, going through your checklist of stuff that's actually important? Or did you have like that awkwardness of, you know, that some people have not wanting to come across too strong or get into sensitive personal topics too quickly? Or, you know, were you just very eye, eye on the end goal? So I think I could answer that. Um, Danielle didn't interrogate me on the dates, but he, I think we were both at a certain point, even though I was young. Um, I do think I had that going for me, even though I was mature also. Like when he would ask me questions, um, we did see first, we we did first establish that we could have a good time with each other. Um, And then he would ask me very, you know, pointed questions um, where, you know, that you could see where my values were. But I do want to mention, though, that, yes, it was a short time to get engaged, but I think people dating when they're young could have that benefit that sometimes, 
and I, I find this a lot in Shaduchim. I don't know if Shadchanim say this, but I do find this to be true, that a lot of times the boy is the one who drives the Shaduch. And for me, at a young age, that was almost like enough for me. I saw that he was interested. I saw that I felt comfortable with him. Um, I felt safe. You know, we were able to laugh together, which is true. It should not all be serious. You should be able to laugh together Definitely and have a good true. time. And for me, being that I was so young, that was enough for me. So I saw he was interested. We just kept dating. We did go on, I think it was eight dates in 10 days. Um, and it just, it didn't scare me. If you start to think in that short amount of time that the thought of marrying this person scares you, then clearly you're not ready. But it didn't scare me when I thought, okay, we're getting engaged. And, and this is, guys, like I, I'm sure you wouldn't recommend this for everybody, would you? No, I would not. No. As a matter of fact, a lot of my friends do ask, how did you know so soon? And I tell them, honestly, I, I really do think I just got lucky that Baruch Hashem, my husband, was an emotionally healthy person. And I was able to see that, even though some people do date. And unfortunately, that will not be the case afterwards. Um, but a lot of my friends do ask me, how did you know? And I do tell them that for me, I don't know if I did know, but I saw that he knew, and that was enough for me. And again, me being, I was 18, that was quite young. I, I do, I do want to say that the, um, a reason why I was so confident was because I had, uh, you know, I had a supporting cast and I was, you know, I was very prepared as Esty mentioned, I was very prepared for these dates for, I was very prepared for, you know, um, what I would ask in the dates, what I was looking for, um, what I wanted. And besides for that, I was speaking to people. I was speaking to Rabbi I was speaking to my, to, you know, to, to parents. So that, that, that's, you know, that was part of it. And that's why it was able to go so fast. That's why I was able, I was so, I was so confident and I was so sure that, that, that she was the right one. Um, but otherwise it just, it, you know, it's a, it's a number. It, it, it could be eight. It could be 28. It's just, it, it's, it's all depends on the person on, you know, how he's prepared, how he or she is prepared and how they're, you know, not just making their own decisions. They, they sometimes, they, you know, need to bounce things off, bounce, uh, you know, am I, am I, you know, thinking too much? Am I too, thinking too little? These are, these are things that, you know, come up because we, we sometimes need to bounce things off of people. Definitely. Thank you for touching on that. Like the importance of getting other people involved who know more than you, especially like you said, since you were so young. Um, Danielle, where can, where can people find you these days? Well, actually, I will interject here and say that Daniel is a budding music star. He's an up-and-coming music star in the Jewish music world. Very, very unique stuff. Nothing like it in the Jewish world. It's awesome stuff. He just released two music videos. Um, tell us a little bit about your musical vision. Tell us where people can find you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> um, my music is really just my thoughts with some tune to it. Deep. I have made up many songs, and there's a shame I'm you know, going to be able to share them with people. and. If you'd like to see my stuff, you can go to my YouTube page, Danielle Deitchman, D-O-N-I-E-L-D-A-I-T-C-H-M-A-N. And, um, yeah, thank you. not Daniel. And Yona's in one of the videos. Yes, uh, so check him out on YouTube. Check out iTunes and anywhere else where you get your music. Um, you know, you can buy his stuff. And believe me, it is well worth your while. Guys, do you have any closing thoughts? I just want to say that I know the Shidduch world could be brutal. Um... But there is still uh, hope out there for, for those who don't be scared off if you do feel like you do know after a short amount of time. That doesn't mean that there's something wrong or red flags. Awesome. Okay. Guys, thank you so much for coming on the Nobody Talks to Dochen podcast. Always a pleasure to chill with you. Let's take this call. Okay, guys, we actually have a special guest calling in. This is my friend Barack. Barack, welcome to the Nobody Talks to Dochen podcast. How are you today? It's an honor, Yona. 
All right. Excellent. Well, it's good to have you here. So I know you have a nerve-wracking dating story that happened while you were dating Yael. Could you give us the SparkNotes version of the story? And not just that, but traits that you that you saw in her that enabled it to to be a smooth, you know, experience, even though it wasn't such a smooth experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this was like the king of things going wrong on dates. And um, it actually started off pretty well, though. Yael first came into New York for a wedding, and that's when our first two dates were. And then I knew I wanted to go out to Chicago to date her. Like, it wasn't even a question. So I booked the tickets, and I reserved at a rental car place at the airport. I made a reservation for a middle-of-the-road car, like a Toyota Camry or something like that. And when I got there, for some reason, all the cars were completely taken. They had two cars left. One was like a Nissan that they would have given me for the same price. And then they said for 15 more dollars a day, I could rent a brand new 2019 BMW 5 Series, which for those of you who don't know, it's an oh, wow. $80,000 car. So obviously I took it. And since it had its own GPS, I didn't plug in my phone at any point to like put in addresses or anything. And that's, that's usually what I do. And so I pick her up that night. She was really impressed. It was really great. We go downtown Chicago. And I park it. And we were like 10 minutes away from where the date was. You know, it was a nice night outside, even left my coat in the car. And we go to this uh, really big Starbucks in downtown Chicago, and we're having a great time. And about, like, you know, two hours later, I look in my GPS on my phone to see where I parked the car. But then I realized I didn't plug it into the car. So it said oh, my boy. car on my, on my Google Maps, it said that my car was back in Queens. So I was getting really nervous and the owl was like oh don't worry we'll just you know we'll retrace our steps shouldn't be that hard and suffice it to say um an hour and a half later of walking uh we still had not found the car and it was getting cold uh and my phone to make it even worse my phone was dying eventually you know i suggested maybe we just get an uber and go back into town and so I was, like, really deflated, obviously. I'm, like, totally blew this one. Um, so we got an Uber. We went back to her apartment. And I thought that was the end of the date. But she goes into her apartment. She says, wait here for a second. And about five minutes later, she comes back wearing flats, this time not here. She had made, brought out some cookies that she made. Whoa. Snapples and whatever. She's like, And she's like, we're going to go into my car now. And we are going to go back and drive up and down the street and look for your car. And I was just blown away by that. Like, like I was just totally, like, um, floored by, like, her calmness and her, you know, pleasantness. And the cookies were very good as well, I might add. Okay, um, that's definitely a plus. And we, <laughs> yeah, and um, we went back downtown. And that's actually not when we found the car. I basically went onto Google Maps the next day and cross-referenced every Starbucks with every lot that we passed. And it was Ooh, a whole a detective thing. here. Yeah, but more to the point, what what really could have been like a just disaster of a date, and very reasonably, any girl could have been very upset. But she really, really stuck it out, and she was really calm as a clam the whole time and she even turned it into like a nice little adventure to you know bring some cookies and to bring some you know snapples cookies. and to go back into our car and look cookies around win and, every time uh, <laughs> try to find the car again and i remember the next day after i found it I called her up i said i'm calling from the car you know, let me just take you out again and i told her the whole story um and um, it, it impressed me so much that she was able to be calm and pleasant 
under such you know difficult circumstances. So and calm, really pleasant, just, and patient. It sounds yeah. like are the are the winning traits here. And cookies. And cookies. Yes. Well, yeah. Cookies are very good. I mean, all of these things—patience and, and calmness, etc. They're all really speaking to self-discipline because really that's what being calm and collected under pressure is. It's, it's a matter of self-control. Oh, that's so, interesting. Yeah, that's true. You know, that's the most, to me, I can't say for certain it's the most important thing, but we've been married already, thank God, for uh, uh, almost four months, and we've had to deal with all kinds of things, especially with the whole pandemic. COVID wedding right there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, 15 people at our wedding, those were trying times. And, you know, definitely, you know, for someone who hasn't had as much, you know, discipline or training, it could have easily flown off the rail. Thank God, Al and I, we both grew up in you know, somewhat trying circumstances. I think that really helped that, from what I understand, a lot of issues that could come up in a marriage or under pressure, someone might say something that could really damage the relationship. And uh, the ability to maintain composure under stress was uh, just something that's been such a a valuable asset for us. Fantastic. Okay, Barack, well, thank you so much. Really appreciate you coming on. It's absolutely a pleasure to talk to you always. And thank you for joining the Nobody Talks Shaduchim podcast. Time for the lightning round. The topic is compromise or cut them loose. And the first one comes with a pet. Compromise or cut them loose. Khani? Um, I'd say to compromise with a trial period. Ah, sounds familiar. Yeah. Um, yeah, so for me, that's not a compromise. For me, that's uh, come with 27 and a half pets. I'm fine with that. Okay, next one is more spiritually focused than you. Compromise or cut them loose? That would have to depend on your level of comfort. Can't say for sure on that one. I'm fine with that. Has an identical twin. Only cut them loose if they have yet to cut each other loose. Oh, that's a good one. Wow. Um, I I agree with that. I never even thought of that. I I would have just said compromise. Um, But yeah, it might be a little weird, but I'd I'd be okay with that. But if they're too attached to each other, not a good thing. Uh, Anti-vaccines. Cut them loose. Cut them loose. Shoot yourself up, people. Agreed. (laughs) Likes their meat well done. Uh, I don't care if they like their meat well done, but you sure as hell better not put that in my plate because, yeah, then we're going to cut you loose. But compromise. That, that, that's very good to hear. <laughs> <laughs> you do a fine job. Okay. Um, style of head covering differs from what you're used to. As long as it complies with halacha, fine with me. I mean, if one decides to compromise, the other one's going to be compromising too because clearly you're used to two different things. So you both got to be cool with choosing one or choosing some middle ground. Yep. Agreed. Uh, differs regarding halal on Yom Ha'atzma'ut. I'm fine with that. Compromise. I'm fine with it. You know, it depends what else it comes with. Because sometimes that comes with a different hashkafic view altogether. But if it's just that, all right, whatever. Compromise. Um, believes that the earth is flat. Oh, oh cut them <laughs> loose. Cut them loose. Cut them loose fast or they'll drag you off the end of the earth with them. And finally, adheres to the 10-second rule. This is regarding dropping food on the floor. Oh, gosh. I, I will say I have done this with jelly beans. I cannot let jelly beans go to waste because I'm guilty of that. I will compromise. I agree with the 10-second rule. 
<laughs> I don't really agree with it on a scientific level, but if it's a dry food and it's not a very filthy place that's full of nastiness, um, then uh, yeah, it's fine with me. Like jelly beans. Mm-hmm. Alrighty, guys, we are at the end of the show. Thank you so much to our guests for coming on. That was quite an engaging episode. Closing statements. My closing statement is very short and simple. Compatibility issues are a real thing. If not, we would all marry the first person that we went out with. However, it's very important to distinguish compatibility issues from simple differences. It's important to have someone as a third party to talk these things out and to know when it's the right time to end it or to explore deeper and see if maybe you can make this work. Be careful who you choose to be your mediator and who to discuss things with. Make sure they got your back. Make sure they're trustworthy. Make sure they have a good perspective. That's it for me. Hani, what about you? Ah, yes, the complexity of compatibility. So, like I've said many times before on the Nobody Talks Shadokhan podcast, these things really require a huge element of being honest with yourself. What's too much for you? What's not enough for you? And um, bouncing things off of other people is great. But at the end of the day, I know it's easier said than done. Being in touch with yourself and your preferences and your comfort level is really the best way to distinguish which differences are are okay with you and which ones you know a lack of compatibility is usually due to a difference and which ones are just not for you thank you so much that was another episode of the nobody talks to duchen podcast and like i always would end off if ij let me host more often sad face frowny face serious face thanks for listening guys nobody talks nobody talks nobody talks Shadokim Podcast. Alchis Media Network.